<clears throat> hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your friendly neighborhood Swole Nerd here, back with another episode of Swole Nerd Podcast. And uh, I'd like to thank you all for joining me for this podcast. And uh, today is going to be a very simple podcast discussion. It's kind of two in one. And today I'm going to be talking about how you can start your goals or your fitness goals and how you can start working to achieve them. Because I, I realize that a lot of people want to get into shape. They want to do all the fun stuff. You know, they want to burn fat, build muscle, build strength, you know, just live healthier lives. And a lot of people don't really know where to start, you know. And, and it's easy to say, oh, you just get up and start. But I already say, like, yeah, that's a, that's the equivalent of telling someone, okay, you got to get to McDonald's. If you want to get there, just go. You know, like, without any direction or without any guidance, how exactly are they supposed to go and find whatever they're looking for? So, hopefully this podcast will help somebody or at least help make it easier for someone to figure out what their goal is and how they can properly attack it. And I'm going to jump right into it by first starting to say that if you're going to do that, you have to first obviously have a goal. And the way we're going to set this goal is we're not going to just pick a simple goal with saying, oh, I want I want a flat stomach. Or, oh, I want to be swole. You know, stuff like that. And not not saying that that's not a goal, but the way it is that it's too simple you know we we want to be we want to have a smart goal and what a smart goal is is a goal that is specific measurable attainable relevant and you can achieve it in a certain amount of time okay s-m-a-r-t all right so what do I mean by that? So specific, it means one, that you need to have a specific goal. Like what exactly do you want to chase and why? Okay. You don't have to focus so much on the why part for right now. You know, that would be for your own understanding. That's your own personal business. But specifically, we need to know exactly what you want to chase. All right. So an example of that would be, I want to lose 50 pounds by blah, blah, blah. Okay, so as you see, it'd be much that's way more specific than saying I just want to lose weight, even though you're still saying the same thing. One of them is more specific saying I want to lose 50 pounds, or saying I want to lose 50 pounds, so I'm going to start making healthier, I don't know, food choices or better life choices. You know, that is a much better and more reasonable goal for someone to say versus saying, Oh, I want to lose weight. Because in actuality, if someone's saying, I want to lose weight, you know, there's easy ways to do that. You know, go to the bathroom, you know, go throw up, you know, chop your arm off if you want to. Please don't chop your arms off. But, you know, just for the sake of example, you chop your arm off, boom, you just lost maybe a good five to eight pounds. You know, stand in water, you boom, you end up losing weight. You know, dehydrate yourself, stand in a sauna, you lose water weight. You know, that that's not very specific. It can go in any direction as you can see but if you say you know i want to lose 50 pounds so i'm going to make better food choices that's much more specific than just saying oh i simply want to lose weight so another one is that it has to be measurable now measurable what that means is well basically what it says you know you need to be able to find a way to keep track of your progress okay so you said i want to lose 50 pounds, and that's one way of saying, okay, I'm going to keep track of 
my weight. I'm going to look out for flux, like see when my weight is starting to fluctuate. You know, um, I'm going to look at the scale every once in a while. You know, don't don't get hooked on it, but I'm going to look at the scale every once in a while to see where I'm at. You know, if I say I want to build muscle, okay, I'm going to track how much protein I'm eating, how much, how many calories I'm eating to make sure I'm achieving that goal. You know, if I'm trying to lose weight or trying to burn fat, I need to make sure I'm tracking my calories to make sure I'm eating in a caloric deficit, make sure I'm under the normal caloric intake that I need and make sure I'm expending more calories than I take in, okay? If you want to get stronger, you're making sure you're tracking the weights that you're using, how much weight you're moving one day, how much weight you're moving by next week, how much weight you're moving by the next year, okay? That's what I mean by measurable. You need to be able to measure it and actually have a quantifiable system of way and knowing that you are improving, okay? Next, you need to make sure it's attainable. Now, what do I mean by attainable? Attainable means that it needs to be something that's realistic okay you need to be real with yourself saying you want to look like the beach model in my opinion it's not really attainable because one you would never look like that beach model because you are not that beach model you don't have their genetics you're not their parents you're not their child so the chances of you looking exactly like them are very slim next it needs to be something where you know i can definitely do this you know it's it's not enough just saying oh i'm going to lo- i'm going to lose weight you know say okay how are you going to measure this um i don't know okay it's this okay so what's really attainable oh i want to be able to do x y and z but you know if but you start asking yourself how can i attain it if i don't know specifically what i want or and if i can't measure it if you can't measure it and it's not really specific how do you know it's very attainable at all you know now that's not to discourage anyone in saying that nothing is important that saying you know oh that goal is impossible that's that's saying like you need to be realistic with yourself and make sure that it's something that you know you can do within the moment of what your changes are for your life you know so let's go back to the weight loss. If you're saying that you want to lose, you know, 100 pounds without um, taking into consideration, you know, healthier eating habits, you know, being more active, that's not attainable, you know, because there's no way you'll be able to outwork, you know, poor nutrition. There's no way you'll be able to get that goal if you're a complete sedentary person and you know, you don't pay attention to the foods that you eat. You don't take into consideration the calories that you're intaking or the calories that you're burning. You know, that won't be attainable. You need to have the first two, I would say, in order for you to really make sure that it is attainable. Next, you have relevant. And relevancy is basically just saying make sure that everything you're doing is relevant to the goal that you're trying to do. So make sure all your actions or any goal that you set is relevant to what you want, Okay. Now, that's not saying you can't have more than one goal, but it's saying, like, if you have a goal to lose weight, make sure everything that you're doing is relevant to you losing weight. So, let's um, let's use something different than weight. Let's say you're trying to be a powerlifter, okay? You're trying to add 20 pounds to your squat, okay? If you want to add 20 pounds to your squat, one thing we know you're going to have to do is you're going to have to lift heavy weights eventually. You know, you're going to have to lift heavy, you know? 
I know it sucks sometimes, but that's just what you're going to have to do. What you're not going to have to do is no one cares about, oh, um, I'm going to shave off five seconds on my swimming laps. You know, like that that's that's completely irrelevant to you trying to add 20 pounds to your squat, you know. Now, I'm not saying that swimming is bad exercise. I'm not saying that it's not good for conditioning. But if your whole goal is to add 20 pounds to your squat, you know, shaving time off of your swim time is not really the most relevant thing to help your goal at this point. Okay? It's like saying if you're trying to make hamburgers, but you're busy cutting up vegetables, you know, how what do vegetables have to do with a hamburger unless you're trying to put it on the hamburger? You know, if you're just cutting up vegetables just to cut up vegetables just to see how good you are at cutting vegetables, that's not really relevant to you cooking a hamburger during this barbecue. All right. And lastly, we have time. And time really is, just, is really just you giving yourself a time window in which you want to try to complete this goal. Okay. Now, I want people to know it is very okay that if you don't achieve your exact goal within that time. Okay, that is perfectly fine, it's normal, it's natural, it happens to everyone, life happens, you know, stuff gets in the way, sometimes you won't achieve your goal. However, any progress that you make is still progress. So, in saying that, make sure when you're choosing time, you're choosing a reasonable time. So, make sure if you're saying that, oh, I want to get stronger, I want to add 20 pounds to my squat, but you know that you're an elite power lifter you know you've been doing this for years and you say i want to add 20 pounds to my squat within two days that's 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 very unreasonable that there's no way that's going to happen you know now if you're someone say you know i want to lose 50 pounds by the end of summer you know and right now it's let's say fall no, that that's very attainable. You know, you give yourself a time limit. It's very reasonable. It's smart. It's specific. You know, it's attainable. It's relevant. And when you start adding in things that you're going to do, so example of a good smart goal, I want to lose 50 pounds by the end of summer, and I'm going to achieve this by making better food choices, drinking more water, and being more active. You know. That's an example of a smart goal, okay? It's specific, it's measurable, you can find ways to measure it, you make sure you keep track. It's definitely attainable. Everything you said that you're going to do is relevant to your goal, and you gave yourself a time limit, or at least a time in which you hope to complete this goal, okay? That's an example of a smart goal. So, first, you need to develop a goal for yourself, and then we can start getting into the meat and potatoes of what you should start doing when you work out, um, type of foods you should be eating, and things like that, of that nature. But um, before I go on, I do want to add another S to the SMART goal. So instead of just being a regular SMART goal, I guess you call it S-SMART goal or SMARTS goal, if that makes sense. But the the extra S is I want to be sustainable. Okay, because a lot of people get caught up in the weeds and the nitty gritty uh, things that you see from um, gurus and things on social media from a lot of, um, I guess, influencers or just random people who work out and have a camera and know how to work Instagram. You know, they'll they'll post a lot of stuff and, you know, you hear things in articles about, oh, 
try this amazing diet or try this amazing program stuff like that and that's all great but none of it will matter if you can't sustain it okay and and that goes for anything if if you can't sustain it for the long term then you're you're pretty much wasting your time okay i mean yeah if you need something short term and it gives you short term result then great go ahead but i'm i'm assuming most people who are listening to this are in this game for the long term they're in it for the marathon not just the sprint you know no pun intended so if you want if you're looking at long term you need to start thinking something i can sustain for a long time and be comfortable with okay yes if you like the keto diet then great if you can sustain it great keep doing it however that does not mean keto is for everyone some people can do keto and then they feel horrible while they're doing it if you feel horrible then stop doing it you know it's it's, it's really that simple okay so when you're doing your smart goal add the add an extra s either at the beginning or the end whichever you want and make it sustainable okay make sure your goal is something you can maintain for a long period of time okay no more 30-day challenge we're going for the one year two year five year ten year challenge okay now in saying that i would like to move on to a topic that kind of ties in to the goal is how you can start to achieve it and this one is really more so for people who are i guess you could say novice you know or bear or people who are beginners you know doesn't necessarily mean you're sedentary but you know if you are sedentary you definitely will fall into the novice or beginner category and the one thing if i could pick one thing to tell people to do in working on achieving your goal when you start to actually get into exercise is keep it simple okay now i know we just got done talking about not having goals that are simple but sometimes simple is the best thing for people to do and the reason why i say simple is because you start getting into the actual exercise portion of your goal that's where you know people can start to get anxieties can start comparing themselves to others and they won't know what to do because the gym is a massive place you know there's so much you can do in there there's so many roles you can take you have crossfit strongman powerlifting bodybuilding you know athletic training you know um training for a sport no, there's so many things you can do calisthenics and it can be overwhelming at times you know some people won't know what to do it's like you throw a kid in the candy shop and now he's getting overload because he doesn't know which candy he wants to eat first because they all look so good so my advice is to keep it simple okay go in to the gym or if you need to go on the internet you know and just find maybe four or five movements that that require very little skill okay now i want to repeat that pick movements that require very little skill and trainers can take part in this too when you have a client that's completely new to the gym and has no idea on how the gym works or has never touched a barbell in their life you know it's probably never done a bodyweight squat other than when they're sitting down in a chair or on the toilet or when they're driving a car. You know, pick movements that don't require a lot of skill. So, for example, if I have a client, if I have a client and, you know, he or she's never trained a day in their life, 
you know, and they want to train legs. You know, I probably would, if I had a choice between a leg press and doing a barbell squat, I would probably choose the leg press. Because, one, because one, the leg press is very simple to use. You know, you tell the person, you sit down, you know, keep your butt on, keep your butt on the seat, keep your back against the pad, you know, point your toes up, and then press your legs out. No, very simple. And yes, you can definitely get just as much tension on the quads as you would with any other leg exercise. Now, is that saying that the barbell squat is a bad exercise for a beginner? No, it's definitely not saying that. But if you have, but you have to take into consideration how your client feels, or you have to take into consideration the fact that they've never done this before, or if you're a beginner, you've never done this before. So we need to find a way to get the result without jeopardizing you know your safety your health and keep it, finding a way to make it easy for you to understand while still getting the most out of it okay at that point you're focusing on the output okay and so what i mean by that i mean your goal is to how do i put tension on the quads you know i'm trying to get them big legs i need to put tension on the quads but the thing is, I don't have time to try to teach him how to properly squat. You know, I don't have time to check his form to make sure he, you know, make sure he's not shooting his back up too far. Make sure he's not, you know, doing anything that might jeopardize him or put him in danger. Then put him on a leg press. You know, you're still getting the exact same movement. You're getting triple flexion. You're getting flexion at the ankles, the knees, and the hips. You're getting tension on the quads. Boom. You know, safety is already there. And you still get the job done. And I know a lot of people are probably going to be shocked by that when I said, you know, pick a leg press over a squat. But that's that's just the reality. You know, not not everyone has to squat to get big legs and not everyone is meant to squat with a barbell on their back. You know, I know that's a shock to a lot of people and a lot of bros are probably probably mad right now. It's like, oh, no, man, like squats are the squats is the king of all exercises. Like, like, get, like, put your ego down, man. OK, like put your ego down. And, okay, you, you take your client, you take your guy, you take the 120-pound girl who's never done anything before, and you throw a load of bar on their back and just tell them, all right, we're going to do this. And then when they finally collapse, you see what happens, okay? When you could have just easily said, you know what, let's, let's just keep it simple and focus on the outcome, okay? Our outcome is to put tension on the quads to help them hypertrophy, all right? We don't have to do that with the squat, especially when there's so many limiting factors to the squat. Where it's like, you know, if you're glutes, like, do you have proper glute strength? You know, do you know how to properly brace for a squat? Or do you know how to brace with any type of weight on your back? You know, do you have the stabilization for the squat? Are your hips stable enough to handle a squat? You know, is your back strong enough? You know, or is your back going to take over the squat? You know, there's so many limiting factors that could take away tension from the quads. And you see it all the time, what we call like normal discrepancies. Whereas if you just put them in a machine that forces them in the position that you want them in, then you're going to get the required output that you're looking for. You know, you're going to get your desired outcome. You know, they'll, so basically that's it. Like put, like use something that requires less skill. All right. So if that means you have to stay on machines for a while, then fine, do it. You know. Yes, you do have to stabilize with machines at some point. You have to stabilize every single day. Now, of course, you, you don't need as much as free weight. 
but you still have a stabilization component there just because you're human you know we we try to stabilize ourselves every single day because we're naturally unstable all right <laughs> so if you if you're going into the gym and you're unsure on what movements you should be doing i would in my opinion i would say choose movements that require less skill so mostly those would be things that you either do naturally or things that involve machines you know so you know instead of doing a barbell shoulder press you could probably get into a machine and do shoulder press on those you, know, you could do a machine chest press you could do a hack squat or a leg press or leg curls you know you can do um a machine row you know things like that that don't require as much stabilization and can take away some of the limiting factors from you and just able to better quote unquote isolate that muscle and keep tension across the muscle you're trying to train <clears throat> now having said that i kind of want to lead into something else along those lines of training and it really just comes down to two things i feel like everyone should eventually incorporate into their training and those things are i feel like everyone should learn how to lift something off the floor in multiple positions and learn how to carry something okay and and why do i say that because for one one let's, let's i don't want to get ahead of myself here let's start with picking something off the floor okay you know um we have different discussions about what functional training is and everyone has their own definition you know um for me functional training would be could be two things it's one that goes any training that helps you get closer to your goal and any training that basically puts that forces the muscles to work while you're you know up and about breathing you know so gate cycle so while you're in gate cycle and breathing you know anything that forces those muscles to work and challenge their function then that to me that would be functional training so why did I say lifting things off the floor? One thing I feel like that's one thing everyone's going to have to do is learn how to pick things up off the floor. Because I, I know I hear quite a few times or some people get hurt, you know, say, oh, man, I, I think I hurt my back at work. I twisted it the wrong way. And people think it's, oh, man, you know, like deadlifts, that, that, no, they say deadlifts are bad for your back. No. Like the reason, like you're, you didn't hurt your back because you deadlifted, you hurt your back because you've never deadlifted before. And then you tried to deadlift something that you had no business picking up and now you hurt yourself. You know, that's what it is. <clears throat> you know, the deadlift didn't hurt your back. It's because you don't deadlift is why you probably hurt your back. So I feel like people should learn how to pick things up off the floor in different variations, you know. And what do I mean by that? I mean, yes, you have the barbell deadlift and I love the deadlift. Well, love, hate the deadlift. <laughs> And, you know, it's, it's a great ex it's a great exercise to really test strength and really, you know, add some more muscle to someone's frame. But the reason I say we need different variations is because you're not always, there's really going to be a time where you're going to have to pick something up and it's on a bar. You know, you take the guy who works in the factory, you know, you're not always going to pick up a bar. You have boxes that you have to pick up. You know, you're not going to, you don't have a solid bar that you can wrap your hands around, set up, you know. Sink, you know, like sink your hip, brace, you know, turn your arms in, you know, arms locked out, you know, take a deep breath and then heave up. You know, you're not always going to do that. You know, it's rare that you'll be able to do that unless you work in a place where there's nothing but bars. 
you know, guys are picking up boxes. You have to pick up awkward objects, you know. So, I feel like people should learn how to, I guess you could say, deadlift different objects in different ways, you know. So, what I mean is, you know, learning how to pick things up when they're on an elevated platform. Learning how to pick things up when you are on an elevated platform and something is lower than you. You know, training yourself in a flexed position. You know, and I know a lot of people, you know, there's this running thing where they say, you know, oh, rounding of the back is completely bad. You know, like, our our bodies aren't fragile, you know. Our bodies, our body are not made of, it's not made of fiberglass. You know, and studies, studies actually shown where it's like, anytime you bend down, like, if you just flex right now, there's already um, rounding of the spine. Like, your spine naturally rounds already. It already has a natural curve if you're standing up. So, you know, it's not that rounding of the spine is bad. It's people who round the spine without their body being properly prepared to lift said object of whatever they're trying to lift. You know, they don't know how to brace. They just go into something, not really setting up, not really thinking about it. Just, you know, just casually going by, just yanking things up without any bracing or without, you know, properly preparing their body to lift that weight. Okay. Because I promise you, you could look at many elite powerlifters and strongmen and when you see them lifting something very heavy you know like you see an 800 pound deadlift i promise you their back is going to round i promise you their spine is rounded as far as it possibly can go you know they probably have a they probably have a slip disc and they just don't feel the pain you know it's, it's it's a whole conversation about pain that we can have but that's for another time you know so it clearly shows that rounding is not the problem the issue isn't that oh my spine is my spine is rounding so i'm going to get hurt no the problem the issue is that you've never trained yourself in that position and now you're about to lift something heavy in that position that you've never been in or that you perceive as bad so now you know you end up thinking that it's bad and then you end up hurting yourself because now you've perceived that this motion here is bad you think oh rounding over is bad now, is that now from a performance standpoint, if you want to lift the most weight, is rounding the best thing? Probably not. Well, probably not initially. But, you know, it's definitely okay for rounding to be a byproduct of the fact that, you know, you set up the deadlift. You know, you're you're trying to keep your spine quote unquote neutral as possible, or at least, you know, as neutral as what you see it as. You perceive it as neutral because it looks neutral, but trust me, the spine is already rounded. <laughs> but, you know, from doing that, you know, once you start lifting, yes, you might get a little bit of rounding at the time. You might start to see it, but that's just because it's the byproduct of it. You know, you're already braced. You're, you know, you're you're tight. You know, you're generating force from the floor through the body through the bar, <clears throat> you know, all that type of stuff. And then you happen to round a little bit just because the weight is heavy. You know, that's that's just how it is. It's it's different than saying, oh, I'm going to initiate it with my rounding and this is the thing that's driving my pulling force. No, your rounding isn't what's driving the pulling force. <clears throat> the rounding is a byproduct of you pulling. And if anything, if you want to get better and make sure you're not hurt when rounding, train yourself in that position. You know? Like if you want to get better at something, you want to get something stronger, then you need to train that way. You know, you want to get better at bicep you want to get better at squats, then squat. You want to get better at bench, bench. You know, you want to get better at curls, curl. You know, so, you know, training yourself with these different variations of deadlift or trap bar or pick up 
pick up weird objects. You know, Strongman is a very good example of where rounding is necessary because you take an atlas stone. If any, anyone who's ever tried to lift the atlas stone, they will know that you are not lifting that thing up with a straight back. If anything, if you try to do it, you're going to fail. And you're not really going to lift it. Or if you do, it's going to fall out your hands. You actually have to round yourself over to the stone and keep the stone close to you. And, you know, if you want to get that stone up, you're going to have to learn how to brace, how to press that stone into you and keep it close. You know, are you going to... And I still have yet to see a, a strong man say, oh, yeah, you got to make sure you keep your back straight when you're doing this lift, you know? And and that's the thing. Like, everyone wants to keep their back straight during everything. You know, like your your back is meant to bend. If it wasn't meant to bend, then we'd be, we'd be bored. <laughs> you know, we'd literally be pieces of wood. We'd just be planks of wood. You know, and I, I I sure would hate to see what life would be like if we weren't able to round our back. We'd be so limited in what we could do. So, you know, that's one thing. Like, being able to lift things from the floor in different positions, you know, round it and, like, round it back and all. Because once you learn how to brace and all that type of stuff, you know, learning how to generate that force from the floor then you won't be as scared when you start to deadlift. Now you won't have that mental limiting factor and thinking, oh, no, he's about to deadlift. Oh, look at that. He's rounding at the spine. Like, I, I promise you he's okay, okay? You, you don't have to cringe every time. Now, if, you're, now if you go into Instagram and you're seeing some funny video of people who are just lifting recklessly, and like, yeah, yeah, that, that's not the way you should do it. You know, definitely don't lift that way. But seeing a professional, but seeing an elite athlete or elite powerlifter lifting, you see a little bit of rounding at the back. That that's fine. Okay, I promise you, he he is he or she is is braced as tight as they could possibly be. You know, every muscle is tight. So for right now, just to make sure that they can properly generate forces through the floor, mm -hmm. through their body, through the weight to lift it. Okay, so you know, rounding is not inherently bad. As we all know, there's nothing inherently bad to it. It's just all in levels of appropriateness, okay? And to wrap this up, the last thing I feel like a lot of people should definitely work towards is performing some type of carry. No, and what, what do I mean by that? It just basically means carry something. Because the one thing I love about carrying things is that it's one thing that truly challenges muscles' function instead of just their action, you know? Um... For those who don't know, like muscle action, that I learned this from um, Jordan Shallow, or known as the Muscle Doctor, you follow him on Instagram. No, Jordan Shallow. Again, if you didn't understand me before, um, muscle action is basically um, origin to insertion, insertion to origin. You know the typical thing. You know bicep curl. You know arm extended, arm flex. You know it's typical thing that you do in the gym. But muscle function is basically what you do during the gait cycle while you're walking and breathing. So. Being able to carry something will definitely challenge muscle function, which is something that I definitely believe everyone should try to do. Because the one thing about carrying stuff is that not only can it correct certain things, but it'll also show any weaknesses that you might have. You know, I promise you, like you, if you can walk without weight, you know, you can fake anything. You can walk in a straight line. If I tell someone to walk on a line, I promise you they can do it because they can see what to do. They'll know what to do. They'll manipulate themselves. In order to walk on that line, you know, the moment I give them a sandbag or a heavy object, you know, <laughs> like I'm going to start seeing the weaknesses. Like those weaknesses are going to expose themselves because your body's going to say, 
okay, you're walking, I'm trying to walk in a straight line, okay, I'll adjust myself for you to make sure you stay on this line. The moment I give you something heavy, your body's gonna be looking at you like, like, what the heck, man? Like, you know, your, your body's not gonna like that. It's just gonna say, what the heck? And it's gonna show you those weaknesses. Those weaknesses will be exposed at the moment I give you something to carry and tell you to keep a certain position. But that's the thing, you want to challenge that. You want to challenge that muscle function because now you need to find a way like, can I, like, you know, can my hips stabilize with this weight? No, if I put this weight in front of me, now my center of gravity has changed. Now I need to find a way to adjust. You know, can I stack myself and properly and properly brace myself to make sure I don't fall forward? You know, and our bodies are doing that every day against gravity. You know, take somebody and tell them to try to stand perfectly still. They can't. You know, no one can stand perfectly still. You're always swaying at some point because you're always manipulating your center of mass, your center of gravity. So now that I added a weight to it, if I take a sandbag, give it to you and tell you to hold your arms out. You're gonna hold. You're gonna hold the sandbag. Boom! Your your center of gravity just shifted up and out. You know. So now your natural your natural response, if you didn't know how to do this, would be to fall forward. But since our body and our brain wants to make sure we stay upright, you're naturally going to try to shift back. You know. So what that does? Yes, you're gonna feel your yes, you're gonna feel your abs tighten up because you know like that like the sandbag is heavy. But the thing is, what this also does, it helps you be able to stack yourself and learn how to stack the skeleton up and also help you in breathing mechanics. So, being able to stack your skeleton and now you're really challenging muscle function and actually putting yourself in a much more, or I guess you could say in a much better position for training versus if you were just standing without weight, you know. Because the thing is, I, I love calisthenics, but the thing is, calisthenics can hide a lot of discrepancies. It can hide a lot of weaknesses that you might have. But the moment I give you some weight, it's going to expose it, you know. And if it does it, it's going to expose it from either you're standing there or the moment you start moving. You know, those weaknesses will be exposed. And that's what you want. You want to expose the weaknesses. And then once you find out what they are, then you want to start picking exercises that attack those weaknesses to make them stronger. Okay, so um, I'm going to wrap up this podcast for today. I'd like to thank everyone for being here and listening. I hope this information finds you well, and I hope it will help you all reach your goals for whatever it may be, whether it be something in fitness or whether it be in anything else you want to do in life. But I'm going to wrap this up again. Thanks again for listening. I will see you all next week, and remember, stay happy, stay healthy. Stay hydrated, don't slap anyone, and you all have a wonderful night. Swole nerd out, peace.